1: Edward was the only son of Arthur and Anna Mae Sarratt. Arthur and Anna Mae had moved to Aliquippa from Georgia. Arthur owned and operated a successful garbage collection business. In grade school, Edward was considered outgoing and happy-go-lucky. He was also quite intelligent. But in high school, Edward started to get in trouble with the law. In 1959, when he was 17... He was arrested for loitering and prowling. In June 1960, he was arrested for the same crime. While he was being arrested the second time, he fought with the officers and broke one of their noses. Edward managed to graduate from high school and then he attended college for a short time. In 1964, Edward joined the army, but he continued to get into trouble. He assaulted a man with a pipe. He was also arrested for reckless driving, leaving the scene of an accident and carrying an unregistered firearm. For a third time, he was charged with loitering and prowling. However, that case was dismissed due to lack of evidence. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
0: We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
1: In June 1965, Edward's father, Arthur, passed away. Two months later, Edward was honorably discharged from the Army. He returned home to run his father's business. But he was incapable of running the business and filed for bankruptcy in 1966. In October 1966, Edward enlisted in the U.S. Marine Corps. In the spring of 1967, he was shipped to Vietnam. He did two tours of duty and he was involved in 11 combat missions. In 1968, Edward was in a foxhole and an explosive device detonated. He was left temporarily deaf and blind. Edward was discharged in September 1970. For his military service, he was awarded several medals, including the Purple Heart. After returning stateside, Edward settled in North Carolina. He got a job as a truck driver. In 1973, Edward was arrested for raping a 13-year-old boy. In March 1974, he was convicted. He ended up serving three years in prison. In January 1977, Edward returned to his hometown, Aliquipa Months later, a disturbing number of people close to Aliquipa were murdered and went missing. On the night of September 19, 1977, 28-year-old apprentice electrician, David Hamilton, was at home with his 28-year-old wife, Linda, and their two children, 5-year-old Melinda and 3-year-old Christopher. The family lived in North Lima, Ohio. That night, the family watched Monday Night Football. The next morning, a neighbor found David shot to death. Linda was missing. Their children, Melinda and Christopher, were both unharmed. Linda has never been found dead, Alive. Just eight days later, on September 27th, milk truck driver 28 year old Frank Ziegler was found dead in his truck. His truck was found abandoned on the side of a rural road in Marshall Township, Pennsylvania. He had been shot twice in the head. Ballistic testing later proved that the same gun was used to kill David Hamilton. 30-year-old Joseph Weidman had served in Vietnam and he was injured. As a result, he had paraplegia. He lived with his wife, 29-year-old Catherine, and their two young sons in Marshall Township. Joseph worked as a camera repairman. On the morning of September 30, 1977, a week after Frank Ziegler was shot to death, neighbors found the dead body of Catherine on the driveway of the family's home. She was nude except for her socks. The right side of her head had been crushed. She had also been stabbed and her throat was slashed. It was later determined that she had been raped. In the house was the dead body of Joseph. He had been beaten to death. A few weeks later, 17-year-old John Feeney and 15-year-old Randy Gregor went out for a date in Findlay Township, Pennsylvania. When they didn't return home that night, their parents called the police. The next day, John's van was found in a lover's lane. Inside the van was his dead body. He had been shot in the neck at close range with a shotgun. Ranny was nowhere to be found. Massive searches were conducted for Ranny, but her remains were never found. A few weeks later, on November 10th, a man named Jim Ruffner went to the home of his in-laws, 63-year-old John and 61-year-old Mary Davis. The Davises lived in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. When Ruffner got there, he discovered that their house was on fire, so he called 911. The fire department came and put the fire out. The house had been ransacked. In the kitchen was the dead body of John Davis. He had been shot to death. In the bedroom was Mary's dead body. She had also been shot to death. 31-year-old William Adams, his 29-year-old wife, Nancy, and their two children lived in a trailer just outside of New Bryan, Pennsylvania. Two and a half weeks after John and Mary Davis were murdered on November 29th, the Adams children found their father dead from a shotgun blast in their home. Their mother, Nancy, was nowhere to be found. Her skeletal remains were found in the park eight years later in September 1985. 34-year-old Richard Hyde was the principal of an elementary school. He lived with his 34-year-old wife, Donna, and their two daughters, 9-year-old Kelly and 4-year-old Carrie, in Moon Township, Pennsylvania. On December 3rd, Richard and Donna were decorating for an upcoming Christmas party. The next morning, Kelly found her father dead in the kitchen. He had been shot once in the stomach with a shotgun. Donna wasn't in the house. A search for her was conducted. Donna was found in a wooded area about two miles from the family's home the next day. She had been beaten to death. On New Year's Day 1978, the bodies of 64-year-old Guy Mills and his 65-year-old wife, Laura, were found murdered in their home in Breezewood, Pennsylvania. They both had been shot at close range with a shotgun. That same day, just three miles away at a rest stop, the body of a man was found in a car. He was identified as 36-year-old Joe Kruger from Altoona, Pennsylvania. He had also been shot with a shotgun. A week later, on January 7th, 1978 fifty-six year old steelworker John Shellkons was shot to death in his living room in Baden, Pennsylvania. His forty-eight year old wife, Catherine, was severely beaten. But she survived. Then there was an unusual pause in the murder spree. But then, nearly four months after the last murder, on march twenty seventh, seventy year old Catherine Falicki was found bludgeoned to death in her bathtub She lived in Boardman, Ohio. You may have just noticed we covered a lot of murders and disappearances. If you weren't keeping track, between September 1977 and March 1978, 18 people were either murdered or went missing in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Ten men were killed and eight women were either murdered or kidnapped. The remains of two of the victims have never been found. The police thought that many of the murders were connected because a shotgun was involved in many of the cases. Also, many couples were attacked. Many of the murders happened in the victims' homes. The police even had a suspect, Edward Surratt. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
0: We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe.
1: Enjoy the show. Around the time the Mills were murdered on year's eve, someone saw a car, a Buick Electra, parked at an abandoned gas station close to their home. The people who saw the car thought that there was something unusual about it so they ended up writing down the license plate. They called the police after learning about the murders. It turned out that the car belonged to Edward Surratt. The police investigated Edward, and they learned that he was a long-haul truck driver, and he formerly ran a garbage collection business. Suddenly, a lot of things made sense to the investigators. Two couples who were attacked, John Feeney and Randy Gregor, in the hides, were parked or lived near garbage dumps. All the other murders happened near major trucking routes, so the police began to see they could connect Edward to the murders. But unfortunately, their investigation ran into a problem. On january seventh, nineteen seventy eight, the shellcons were attacked in their home in Baden, Pennsylvania. Catherine Shellcons survived the attack. She described the killer as white and Edward as black. So some investigators didn't think that Edward was a likely suspect. But not everyone gave up hope. When Edward returned from Vietnam, he got married. The investigators were able to convince his wife to work with them. In early June 1978, she notified the police that Edward was driving a car with South Carolina plates. He left the car in a parking lot in Alquipa. The police checked out the car and it belonged to a 66-year-old man named Luther Langford who had lived in West Columbia, South Carolina with his 58-year-old wife, Nell. Days earlier, on June 1st, Luther was beaten to death with a baseball bat in his home. Nell was sexually assaulted and beaten, but she survived the brutal assault. On the morning of June 6, 1978, Edward appeared in the parking lot. Officers tried to arrest him. He put up a fight and he fled. He managed to lose the officers when he jumped off a cliff that was 55 to 60 feet tall and landed in the Ohio River. Officers looked for him all night, but they couldn't find him. The police searched the car that Edward had stolen. Inside, they found pieces of a bat with Edward's fingerprints on them. It turned out that Edward had made his way to Florida. On July 1st, 1978, Edward broke into the home of a family of three. He tied up the family. He then raped the mother and the daughter. Afterward, he drank wine and smoked marijuana. After a while, he passed out. While he was sleeping, the man who lived in the house managed to free himself, and he got out of the house. He was able to get help. 36-year-old Edward Surratt was taken into custody without incident. In July 1978, while Edward was in prison, he confessed to one murder. He admitted that he killed 56-year-old John Shelkans in January 1978 but Surratt would never face trial for the murders he committed in Pennsylvania or Ohio. Instead, in 1978, he was tried for the home invasion in Florida. Edward testified on his own behalf. Edward claimed he was invited into the house by the man who lived there for a sex party. He said that the man wanted him to have sex with his wife and daughter. The family testified and said that Edward broke into their home armed with a rifle. He tied them up and raped the women. The jury believed the family and Edward was found guilty of sexual battery, amongst other charges. He was given two life sentences, plus two 100-year sentences that were to run concurrently. He would be able to apply for parole after 66 years. In June 1979, Edward went to trial in South Carolina for the murder of 66-year-old Luther Langford. The jury deliberated for three and a half hours before he was found guilty of murder. It was the only murder that Edward Serra was convicted of. He was again sentenced to life in prison. Edward ended up serving his sentences in Florida and he was largely forgotten. The 18 murder cases in Ohio and Pennsylvania stayed open and officially unsolved. Edward remained the only suspect. Then in 2007, 30 years after it's believed, Edward Surratt's murder spree began, a retired detective who had been with the Miami Beach Police Department started meeting with Edward in prison. Eventually, they developed a rapport. After a few meetings, Edward started confessing to some murders. He admitted to killing David and Linda Hamilton, which are believed to have been his first victims. He also admitted to killing 17-year-old John Feeney and 15-year-old Randy Gregor. He said that Randy's body would never be recovered. He said that he put her body on a pile of waste material and in the decades since then, it's been covered with debris. He said that on the night Randy was killed, she was wearing a shiny new watch. The police went to Rani's mother and asked her if Rani was wearing a watch when she went missing. Rani's mother said that Rani had a new watch, but she left it in a box at home that night. Her mother went and got the box and was surprised to find it empty. Edward also confessed to the November 1978 murders of 63-year-old John Davis and his 61-year-old wife, Mary. After admitting to the six murders, Edward stopped talking. Since confessing, other detectives continued to investigate to see if they could connect Edward Surratt to any other murders. One of those investigators was a state trooper named Max DeLuca. DeLuca also managed to strike up a rapport with Edward. In March 2021, DeLuca visited Edward in prison. Edward, who was 79 years old, confessed to several more murders. He said that in November 1977, he murdered 31-year-old William Adams in his mobile home. He then kidnapped and murdered his 29-year-old wife, Nancy. On New Year's Eve 1977, he killed 64-year-old Guy Mills and his wife, 65-year-old Laura. Edward's car was seen near their home, which initially led to him being a suspect in the murders. Edward also admitted to killing Joel Kruger. The 36-year-old man's dead body was found in a car about three miles from the Mills' home several hours after their bodies were found. Finally, he once again confessed to killing John Shalcon's in January 1978. He initially confessed to that murder while sitting in jail in Florida while he was awaiting trial. After Edward confessed to those six murders, the police consider those cases closed about 44 years after they were committed. Out of the 19 murders where Edward is the primary suspect, there are five that are still considered open because he's never been convicted of them, nor has he confessed to them. They are the murders of 28-year-old Frank Ziegler, who was shot in his milk truck in September 1977. Another set of homicides that remain open are the murders of 30-year-old Joseph Weinman and his wife, 29-year-old Catherine. Joseph, who had paraplegia, was found shot to death in his home in September 1977. Catherine's remains have never been found. 34-year-old elementary school teacher Richard Hyde was murdered in his home in December 1977. His 34-year-old wife, Donna, was dragged into the woods and she was raped and murdered. Finally, there is the murder of 70-year-old Catherine who who is beaten to death in her home. Edward Sarrao will probably never face trial for these murders, even if he does confess. But since he hasn't confessed, these cases are considered open. Some investigators also believe that Edward committed other murders. A problem with linking him to murders is that he was a long-haul trucker, so he traveled a lot. He also used many different methods to kill people. He didn't discriminate when it came to the ages of his victims. His victims range in age from 15 to 70. Sometimes he attacked people in their cars, and other times he did home invasions. So it's possible that he killed other people, and unless he confesses, we may never know if he was involved in those murders. At the time of this recording, 80-year-old Edward Serra is serving a sentence at the Suwannee Correctional Institution in Live Oak, Florida. The authorities are hoping that he will confess to more murders during his time here on Earth. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.